Hi, everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama and watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together every week to talk about those four episodes. So this is our final four episodes of Hotel de Luna. Check that out. Got the, got the name first try. You got it. <laughs> it only took me four podcast episodes to get there. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about episodes, what is it, 13 through 16? You got that way faster than I did. <laughs> I should have been more helpful, but I couldn't. <laughs> Me doing math in my head while I'm talking, <laughs> like that meme of the woman like squinting into the distance with equations uh-huh. written over All her the face. Equations. We're the <laughs> dumbest people. I'm going back to school. I can't survive in the real world with these limited skills. I am also going back to school. Um, Good luck, Rip, because, uh... Because <laughs> look at us trying I, to survive out here. It's not working. Um, I... Yeah. I wasn't good at school the first time around, though, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Wish us luck. Um, the finale! We should have been more excited about this. I am. I'm very excited. I loved it. I just watched it, like, two days ago, so then I started watching new shows in between, and... Once I finish a K-drama, it's like closing the book. I just saw a tweet about this that's like, when you finish a K-drama, it's done. You've tied everything up, you seal it away, and you finish with it. And I stop thinking about it forever. Yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's mostly me as well. And it's funny because there is always one moment at the end of every K-drama I do like miss the characters like i get a little bit bummed that i have to go and meet new characters in a new k-drama i'm like oh but these ones are fine do i have to go find new <laughs> ones and you're so used to them they're fine because you finally understand them whereas mm-hmm. you start a k-drama in the first eight or so episodes are so excruciating where they have to get used to each other and you have to get used to them. And yeah, you've got to like learn their motivations. They've got to go through their dynamic character growth. It's exhausting. Exhausting. So we've basked in the last four episodes of Hotel de Luna and we sealed the box. We got to unseal it now because we got to jump back into it. Mm-hmm. We've got this and then we've got some a bonus episode next week where we'll have to do the whole thing and not just four episodes and god help us god help us that's crazy it feels like so long ago this is probably the shortest amount of time that we've ever watched a k-drama in oh yeah we did what i don't so i do know (laughs) i do objectively understand why we did this to ourselves but it was actually Watching this K-drama with the ferocity with which we were consuming episodes was a kind of K-drama boot camp that we set up for ourselves that I will, I never imagined it could be so hard because I've binged K-dramas before, but, uh, between like recording the podcast and then like watching 16 hours, uh, no, like, well over 16 hours, because all these episodes were movie length. So long. Every, Every time I'd turn one on and see the length, I would start to resent it before it even started. 
For real, I think it was probably about 20 hours of K-drama in all, and at least, and um, then, like, working a full-time job, and um, I got snowed into my house, so my full-time job became my home life as well this week, and uh, it has been, it has been something, but... Yeah, Raquel's the real MVP. (laughs) (laughs) But... I had time off. I will say that this uh, this K drama was worth it, and these last four episodes were definitely worth it because I thought they did a great job with wrapping everything up. It they did it at a pacing I did not expect, and I feel like I should have, but I didn't. What was unexpected about the pacing? The the pretty much all of the what I considered the main drama was wrapped up like before even the penultimate episode. Okay, I see that. It was, yeah, I think episode 14 that we've finished everything with Chung Myung, and we basically finished everything with Chan Sung. Uh, felt like the end of episode 14 was a fine place to end, and I didn't know how they would get out two more hour and a half long episodes. I could see one where all the ghosts that we had come to love have to leave. That one was obvious. But two, they did well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I enjoyed the last two episodes, but that's fair. At the end of episode 14, it felt like they were closing the book. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Why am I so satisfied with this ending? Yeah, I think that like um, it was interesting pacing, yeah, because we did need them to wrap up the, I guess, like, the subplots of the ghost staff. Obviously, like, that needed to happen. They did it in an unexpected order as well. Like, um, I did kind of feel like all of a sudden one day they were like, okay, well, um, bye, Scholar Kim. (laughs) Deuces. His story was so sad, too. And then it's like, his was different because you didn't get to know his story near the beginning of the drama, the way you got to know um, the other two staff members' stories, because they very purposefully, like, kind of hid his story, which would have caused me to expect him to be maybe, I don't know, like, the last one to go or something. Or at least the most exciting. I felt like there was a lot of buildup to him, and, like, no shade. They did a great job, and he had a really interesting story, and I loved the resolution of it, that Manuel and Chansung saved his reputation, and perhaps even, like, elevated his reputation by attributing these famous works to their proper author. But, yeah, it was interesting that there was so much buildup for this one character, and then he was the first to go, and it felt a little anticlimactic to have that be his big secret is that he's this proud scholar and they didn't let you know that he was died as a an ashamed scholar Mm -hmm. until the end that was the big reveal but as soon as you find that out you find out it was a lie and he was never that way yeah i don't know (laughs) Yeah, I think that probably could have been kind of more of like a slow burn plot than they they made it out to be. Um, but I think they did it justice. Like I was pleased with the I guess like the grudge that he bore. I I wasn't like how could he stick around for 700 years for that? Yeah. They I did th- all right. 
It yeah. was it was all well resolved. This whole show was perfect, essentially. Yeah, honestly, like this was maybe one of the higher budget K dramas we've ever seen. Yeah, as you can tell by the the sponsors, just purely yeah. how how much money they had to deal with. Yeah, like Land Rover. They only went to Subway once. Like, Subway was not even their big player the way that yeah. Subway is usually, like, the big player sponsor of the episodes. The card to heaven was a Jaguar. Yeah. And every time they'd zoom right in on that license plate. <laughs> to heaven via Jaguar. Via Jaguar. Um. Yeah, we're dealing with a lot of money. You couldn't tell from the costume design. Ooh, that <gasps> was... Oh. Really rude. Um, <laughs> we just, we wanted the gowns back, and we got 75% of the way there. Yeah. She wore a lot of good things. Yeah, for sure. Nothing as impressive as the first few episodes. Yeah, the first few episodes were, were uh, I guess, something we can talk about next week in the bonus episode. I almost started jumping in on how much I loved <laughs> them again. Uh, these final four episodes, The Wardrobe, it's not even... It was never bad. It just wasn't what... I just loved the gown so much. I did. I, and I uh, noticed something. In these last four episodes, I was really impressed. And it might have been that reading too much into it thing that English teachers do whenever they make you read books. Mm -hmm. um, but she wore a lot more nightgowns and like silky slips in these last four episodes. And I think that represented her vulnerability and her growing fragility. And maybe like the, the sun setting on her time. Yeah, that she's becoming uh, more of a softer person on the inside. And that is represented on the outside by her softer, flowier clothes. Yeah. Ooh. I like that Ooh, a lot. deep, right? Oh. I'm pretty good, right? Oh, Emily. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I did that. I was the costume designer. I love it. I love analyzing details like that. I also like uh, analyzing sound design stuff. So um, one thing about this drama that I actually have really loved, obviously, like it's got a very good soundtrack, but... Something that I noticed, so in the past episodes, the song Done For Me played a lot, and that was... Okay, so I don't actually, to my saved songs, like, like I will save songs from K-dramas onto, like, my K-pop playlist sometimes that I've cultivated. Um, we need to be... I, I'm sure you have been much better about this than I have, but I think you said you put together, like, a play on K. Uh, yeah playlist that has like songs from k-dramas we've watched yes. uh i i don't know if you've had the chance to update this one onto it but i have i actually saved the song done for me <laughs> on my like forever saved songs like download that keep it in my heart because i think that song is a fucking banger first <laughs> of all um second of all i thought that it was very tonally accurate like it to me, was her anthem because it sounds angry and dramatic, but it's also super beautiful. And so, yeah, I, it it's really, I don't know, it encapsulated the tone of her character so well at like an angrier time for her. And then there was a part of this show that that played for the last time, obviously, but like, it was kind of early. It was like, once her anger was solved, that song that was her angry, beautiful, resentful, 
song get played that one last time when she went kind of fucking crazy and decided she was gonna do some murders some like roundabout murders where she like hands people weapons and is like you go do this murder i'll be fine yeah that was crazy yeah she lost it i was here for it a little bit actually yeah i was very sad for her but also i kind of love she has such a deeply, profoundly flawed character, and I was so here for it, because it was so consistent. Yeah, like we've said a million times, they've never sacrificed her character Mm -mm. to give you what you want as an audience member. Yeah, yeah, Mm. they weren't like, uh, make her really, really soft all of a sudden, or, uh, no, she's obviously grown enough to no longer have this thing happening like she actually had to have a rock bottom before she could change yeah she was totally gonna kill chan song and yeah. that's so good yeah she was going nobody wanted it she was not only going to kill chung song she was going to let um let his enemy kill him yeah she was <laughs> good for you that's yeah. dark yeah. Yeah, I guess she wasn't willing to kill him. Which, beautiful writing. This whole show, oh my god, so consistent with the beautiful writing, going above and beyond everything we'd wanted, and saying she probably actually couldn't stab him herself. Mm-hmm. She dreams it, and you watch it play out, but you hope in your heart, and you see that she couldn't actually kill him with her bare hands. So she finds another way around it. And that's really consistent with her character. She doesn't just give up the grudge and say, even if the love of my life is the man that I've hated all these years, I guess I just have to forgive him and change my whole character. Nope. Nope. She'll find a workaround. Good for you. Yeah. I was here for that distinct lack of romance, actually. Which (laughs) is crazy, because we are often here for the romance, but... Good for you. Yeah. Good writing. So good. Her character is maybe one of my all-time up there among my all-time favorite characters, along with the stepmother from the K2, who will (laughs) maybe always be my all-time favorite character. I'm here for, like, angry bitches. I'm, like, (laughs) also, like, careful with that word, everyone, but, like, I'm here for them. (laughs) That's fair. I'm in support of you. (laughs) I'm not here for it, but I enjoy watching it. It's a distinct character type, and I'm glad they didn't sacrifice it at any point in this drama. Mm -hmm. They did well by her. Yeah. So did you think that the, I believe it was the final episode, top of the show, they Mm -hmm. had a flashback to, like, ancient Korea. Mm -hmm. Did you for sure think that the little boy was young Woo? And then find out it wasn't Yeonwoo and feel really misled? No, no, no. My face blindness was out that day and I did good. I recognized our boy from episode one right off the bat. I knew that was that was our boy and our father from episode one. Oh, I'm sorry to leave you alone in your face blindness. Usually it's my problem. Yeah, my bad. I didn't even think about the dad there. I didn't even look at his face. I didn't even once look at him. I was just like, oh my god. A person. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. (laughs) I probably mostly recognize the child from the dad. That's so funny. Um, what a- What a deep, dark disappointment, though. 
just personally, I know we're in the wrong and we deserve nothing, but Raquel and I are not fans of the childhood love trope. Like, I don't care. There's just no need for them to have met 1300 years ago. Mm-mm. What's the point? Um, okay, so I will say, never a fan of that trope. Don't care for childhood love trope. One thing I did appreciate is that it gave an explanation for why him. Okay. Some semblance of explanation other than just, we thought you were a pretty nice kid when we met you okay. that one time, uh, us as gods. I, I did like that they had kind of said, like, perhaps we met in a past life. And she was like, nonsense. I haven't had past lives. I've had one life. <laughs> And he was like, okay, you're right, you're right, but they totally did meet. And I actually sort of like that, because, yeah, then when he asked God, why me? Like, why did it have to be me? It's because he was the one that told her of the end of the moon, and he was the one that uh, comforted her in the first tragedy that befell her in her very long 1300-year life. Okay, you convinced me. I like it. (laughs) i'm a fan now it's that easy yep but uh come at us next time around when they uh knew each other as children and try and tell me it's romantic uh in the next k drama dear listener that i love so much thank you for listening but come at me try and tell me it's romantic (laughs) to know each other as children i don't think it is i just think it was a good explanation for why him like okay that's fair yeah i was in the wrong No, that's fair. That was a good explanation. They could have left it hanging. They could have left one loose end, but they did not. Not one single loose end. Even Coffee Ghost. Even Coffee Ghost. Oh, thank you. Yes. Did you think I'd leave it alone? I'm not going to. He was in every single episode. Coffee Ghost. Our favorite ghost. The best of ghosts. The best boy. He saves the day with Scholar Kim. He gets his redemption arc. Redemption arc being any arc. He gets an arc. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. Yeah, I could not be more proud of these writers where they were like, okay, okay, we're playing the long game. We introduce this ghost. He's a coffee-drinking ghost. He's there all the time kind of annoying. We don't know why he's here, but no, we do. He's here to save Scholar Kim. Are you kidding me? Look at that. Yes. I love this. I love this so much. They did good by our boy. We picked such a good favorite character. I don't know how we did it. This is on us now. We're perfect now. We're perfect. Thank God that we have this running joke for the rest of time and eternity. Coffee Ghost. Coffee Ghost. We've built it up every episode because he is always there. He is always with us. There are Snapchats out in the world. Ooh, maybe we should have a play on case Snapchat because there are Snapchats of us out in the world, specifically me pretty much trying to summon Coffee Ghost inside of an old hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can can be in charge of the Snapchat. I finally figured out Twitter and I'm absolutely in love with it. Um... I don't get Snapchat. I'm not there yet. I have one, <laughs> and I don't understand it. My uh, Snapchat bootcamp came in the form of making a friend who only <laughs> communicates through Snapchat. Yeah. We talked for hours on Snapchat last night. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Like, what's what's the point? 
<laughs> Am I a grandma for being like Facebook Messenger is where it's at? No, I also prefer Facebook Messenger. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> it saves it forever. And you can always yeah. remember all of your stupid jokes. All of your stupid jokes. And then you can search through it as well and be like, oh, I lost Raquel's address. Let me pull it up in the messenger. Oh, it's in there from six years ago. Like, everything's saved forever. Yeah. And Facebook gets to look at it. That's nice. I'm sure their employees have a good time. Yeah. They take our information. They save it forever. Analyze they it. They archive it. They meme it. Sell it for money. Sell it for money. I send too many passwords over Facebook Messenger. <laughs> I really need to not use that app. <laughs> I'm almost certain. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even want to say it. Never mind. You know okay. that we've got hacker listeners. We can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Start listing off our passwords over, <laughs> over the podcast. Ah, darn, they hacked us. <laughs> um, I cried only once in episode 15, and then I cried for 90 solid minutes <laughs> in episode 16. How about you? How did you fare? I know you usually watch these at work. Yeah, no, I cried once. My dog cried constantly through this whole recording of the podcast. Anyway, yeah, as we're talking about crying, he is literally laying on his bed crying. Um, I'm gonna go feed him dinner really quick. I'm so sorry. Okay. He won't stop until he gets it, so. <laughs> I'll be here. Okay, so I cried one time, and it feels kind of silly that it was the time that I cried, like, looking back. Oh no. But I um I cried when Manuel had a, her breakdown after Scholar Kim passed on. <gasps> I cried during then too. Yeah. Um That was real sad. That was the single time I cried and I got really every once in a while do you like just really feel a little bit personally attacked by a K drama? Yeah. Cause I felt like it it got personal right then where it, like she I just could feel that sadness of having like your very, very, very best friend that you've had for so long go somewhere that you weren't there. <laughs> and I just felt her uh I felt her emotions for a minute and I was like, Yup, that's sad. I'll cry. Oh I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> oh, are you crying? I'm so sorry. <laughs> That is really sad. Because he had been there for 700 years. He was the only one who even came close to the amount of time she was there. And it was her best friend, even though she never said it. Uh, I guess, in my mind, it was her best friend. So <laughs> I, I definitely had canoned that one. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I just cried because she cried and... <laughs> she's such a strong character that she doesn't really cry but uh man yours is a lot sadder <laughs> yeah it was like four in the morning i had woken up early not like i just woke up three hours before my alarm went off and so i was like i'm up may as well watch a k-drama me four in the morning watching that part and crying in my bed <laughs> you got really personally attacked by this show yeah. many times at four in the morning yeah. Um, I don't know why four it's in the morning. vulnerable hour. Yeah. Four in the morning is like K-drama time for me all of a sudden now. Ever since my schedule changed and I don't have to start getting ready at four in the morning, my body's still like, but we up. And so, yeah, it's become K-drama time. And it's also become Raquel cries during a K-drama time. Ugh. Or 
Raquel dozes off during a K-drama. <laughs> Might have missed some parts. Who knows? Who knows? That's okay. Oof. I... Okay, apparently I cried twice. Because that was during episode 15, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. No, that was episode 16, so that's fine. I just cried that oh, whole episode. Just constantly. Episode 15, I cried when Hyun Jung had his graduation ceremony. Oh, shit, yeah, that really, uh, I didn't cry, but that was emotional. That was emotional. It was real, real tough to watch him leave. Mm -hmm. And I definitely cried when he left, but man, watching him graduate high school posthumously, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> so touching. Like, so unbelievably touching, but also, <laughs> whoa. Because they kept coming back to it. They had so much build up, the constant mentioning of how much he loved school. They did a good job of, like, building to that really emotional moment, and then all of the ghosts that turned out, and they just said, because he's so loved. Everybody <sighs> loves him. Because everybody loves him. <sighs> and his whole storyline with Taesok, his schoolmate, just... That one was full validation for me. That was like, they did perfect. Mm-hmm. Flawless. Flawless from beginning to end. The build-up, the pacing of that storyline, how you think he's only there for his sister, and then you find out maybe there's a grudge there as well, and Manuel is the only one who knows about it, and she is, like, fully supportive of it. But also, turns out it's not even necessarily a grudge, though that's present, but it's also, like, he's forgiven him, but there's definitely a price there to pay. Whoa. Whoa! I thought, okay, 100%. I always go for, like, the weakest storyline, I guess. I thought for sure his friend would be like, I was just this CEO of a hospital who happened to have the same name as this other guy, and one day I was walking around, and this old lady called me older brother after she heard my name, and me being a nice guy and seeing, like, a dementia patient in my hospital who was calling out for her brother... I just kind of pretended to be her brother for the last few months that she lived. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I write very weak stories. That's a fine story, but nobody cares about it. <laughs> they were like, no, he stole this man's life and name and sister. And he has paid for it in every way possible. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, too. Y'all did good. I'm crying, so. Yep. That was a really satisfying storyline. It was mm -hmm. heartbreaking in all of the right ways, and whoa. So much forgiveness in these episodes. It hurts. This is a story about forgiveness. This is a story about forgiveness. Hyunjung forgiving Taesak. Mrs. Che forgiving the mother of this unborn child. Oh my <laughs> god. Whoa. It was... Wow, they just kept it coming. They just punch after punch to your emotions, because that was really heavy as well. The moment that she was able to actually fully forgive. And see how similar they were. And maybe if she had thought of her child as only hers, then there wouldn't have ever been a grudge to bear for all this time. I mean, there was still a grudge. That family was awful. But... Yeah. Yeah, to to have 
maybe been able to to walk away from it and finally getting to walk away from it when she did. Uh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And so beautiful. Yeah, her little monologue to Manuel as she, just before she got in the car, where she just kind of says, like, I let, I mean, like, I relied on your anger the way I relied on my anger. And I guess it's just so good to have had each other for all these years. Come on, Hotel de Luna. Come on, it hurts. Oh, they're, they're mother and daughter. They're sisters, they're best friends, they've got it all. They've got it all. And it was really hard to watch them part. They did, they did let everyone leave in the best order possible, and I love them for it. And god, that was, oh, such a good ending. I hate this show, and I love this show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm gonna listen to the soundtrack and cry for the next four years. Yep, it's goblin all over again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And then it all ended and we got a post-credits scene. I don't think I've ever seen a post-credits scene in any drama. This is my first. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. It took me a minute to remember the post-credits scene. But yes, I was here for it. Uh, to the extent that I I really don't think they will, because I don't... I. I think it was really just, like, a fun cliffhanger to throw in there and at the end and put in, like, a cameo. Um, I don't know the actor's name because I'm terrible with these things, but he's pretty famous. I wrote it down. Yeah. Kim Soo-hyun. Kim Soo-hyun. Who Raquel watched in My Love from the Stars. Yes. Um, and he's great. And it was really cool that it was him. I was, like, I was straight up at work watching that, like, post credit scene, and I was doing that stupid thing where... <laughs> It's a movie, right? Or, like, it's a show, and, like, changing the way, like, you're squinting at it doesn't change the forced perspective that they put into <laughs> it. Like, it, like me doing this, like, adjusting where I'm sitting isn't gonna get the light to stop, like, backlighting him so that I can <laughs> see his face, but I was straight up trying so hard to see who it was before it revealed it, because I had this fear that they weren't gonna show it. I thought they weren't gonna show it. Yeah, and I, like, all of a sudden I needed to know who it was, like, who was the new owner of the Hotel de Luna, because I thought maybe it would be someone we knew. I was glad it wasn't in a lot of ways, because... That would have meant them having introduced a character whose storyline wasn't finished. Yeah. Um, but and this- they did a really, like, they didn't sacrifice their own storyline of saying the owner of the inn has to have all this resentment. And none of their characters had that. We kind of wanted Yuna to be the next owner for a while. Mm-hmm. But she's not this ball of resentment like Manuel or even like Mrs. Che. Yeah. She's doing all right. She's going to live a healthy life and we're proud of her for that. Yeah. She also took the ghost medicine. Dope. But they closed all the storylines, and I'm way more glad for that. Yeah, and and that this was a completely new character. It does, in a way... So I hate sequel culture. It's something that's very... I guess something that I think that we do in our desire for sequel is sacrifice pieces of art that are whole and complete just because we want more money. We want assurance. Like, give me a second one and hold my hand and tell me these characters' stories keep going. And I'm very much not into that. It's something that really draws me in with K-dramas is that they don't do sequels. 
even though we always jokingly make these spin-offs and these sequels, like overall, like I just it's not something I need or even necessarily want for most pieces of art that I've loved, like most works of art that I've really loved and stories, and I'm okay with not knowing. As long as, like, there's some kind of satisfaction to the ending of a story, I'm okay with not having my hand held with, like, and this is what heaven looks like. Like, yes, they died, but here's what heaven looks like. And uh, this is maybe one of the first times I was like, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd, I'd watch a sequel of Hotel de Luna where we we see... I think that's why I was mad, because I googled it and they said, like, it was just a cliffhanger. It wasn't... We're Obviously, people on set have talked about maybe starting a second one, but it's not actually in the works. It's not approved that it's going to happen and we're going to have a second one. So me over here is like, then just don't leave a cliffhanger at the <laughs> end of the final episode. Let us bask in the story that you've created. Why even, even like, I don't know, leaving it at the grandma's consulting with each other and saying, oh, there's going to be, there's going to be another inn. Of course, there always is. And what was the name of it? I thought they'd leave it there and it would have been not, I don't know, super satisfying, like most of this show has been, but it would have been more of, like, the joke that they were going for, I guess. Yeah, kind of to lighten the the end of it a little bit with the post credit scene without yeah. giving us so much that we crave more. Yeah, because showing us the title of the hotel and the the lead, the owner, the new CEO, like, what? Okay, now you have to make the show. <laughs> and it's yeah. gotta be as good as the first one. So good luck. I mean, if you can get the same budget you had for this one, then I have no doubt that you'll do a very good job. But yeah, I mean, I would continue to watch Hotel De Luna almost like a weird series anthology of these different owners and um, how their resentment is resolved in this world throughout time. It would be tricky because hers was like 1300 years. And like, I guess you'd have to start getting creative with mm -hmm. that in that like, who knows how long the next one will live and the one after that and who knows what the future will look like. So I guess maybe that wouldn't work out so good. But I don't know, it would be it would be kind of a cool thing to see or like, different iterations of the Hotel of the Moon, or whatever they want to call it. The moon place that people go to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, I, I would watch it. Um, I kind of do, for once, hope that they keep rolling with it. I think I'm ready. I'm ready. I do think, okay, so there's this part of me that's willing to acknowledge, though, that I don't think I'd be quite as forgiving as, like, a resentful, uh, emotionally closed-off male lead as I was of a female lead. I, I do know that about my own personality. I'm a little bit more forgiving about, uh, female resentment than I am of male resentment. Sorry. <laughs> But we talked about we talked about that in the first few episodes of it was really cool to see the gender role reversal so it would be hard 
to see the classic like Beauty and the Beast where the male is a closed off, emotionally unavailable. It's just an overplayed trope, so it doesn't feel as creative as what this show has established. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I would be interested to see a character they developed as the next owner without repeating. I guess like I would want to see a different representation of resentment so that it's not just a repetition, but this time it's a dude. Yeah, and he already seems like a jag. So like, I mean, I guess that's the premise is that he's full of resentment, but yeah, just make it so we can judge it, okay? That's all we're saying is we want you to make it so that we can judge whether it's up to our standards. Please and thank you. Also, I want to see the other faces of God really badly. There's so many more. There's so many that we're missing. I didn't even know. This show left zero loose ends, but somehow also very artfully made you want so much more and know that there's so much more that they can do. And I love it, and I hate it. Man. Man. They did such a good job. How am I ever going to reseal this box and box up my feelings about this show? I did it once, and it was very hard. <laughs> Run the tape again. Try one more time, <laughs> and then another time. Uh, how Do we rate the show on the last episode or on the bonus episode? We rate it on the bonus episode. No ratings right. today. No ratings today. Y'all... You'll have to join us next week when we do a bonus episode where we chat about other people's feelings about this show, because we've just spent four hours, if you count all of our podcast episodes, talking about our feelings. So we're going to try and talk about someone else's, but mostly, like, just... More of ours. Yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, that's it for me. Do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? No... If I've left anything on the floor, I'll pick it back up in the bonus episode. Um, yeah. I, I've i really loved watching this show. I am actually, as we've mentioned, like we try and box up our feelings and not think about it anymore and who needs more of anything. But this one is actually going to be particularly hard to walk away from in a way where it's been, I, I don't want to say it's been a while, because I really enjoyed Healer, which, if you're not listening in order of episodes, that's the last thing we watched for the podcast. Um, man, we've been doing some real good things. We've been watching some good K-dramas, but this one will be a hard one to walk away from, just because the production value was out of this world, the characters were great. What a good K-drama. Yeah. Once every couple of years we get an epic love story sort of trend-setting drama like this one. And this is it, and it's hard to think that we won't see another one like this for another few years. I'll keep my hopes up. I'm not trying to poop on the whole industry. You guys are doing great. You're creating great content. This is just next-level stuff, and I really, really enjoyed it. Same. Um, if y'all want to talk about your feelings, uh, we obviously, we still haven't recorded the bonus episode. Maybe you can get something in before we record the bonus and we'll, uh, read a little bit about what you guys think about it specifically. If not, we'll just find some other reviews somewhere. Credit them. Um, but yeah, give us a, a little note on what you thought about Hotel de Luna so that we can include it. Our, uh, our little places to do that. Wow. Uh, starting with our email, it's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll absolutely write you back. We love to hear from you there. 
and we uh, we might do a little blurb on what you thought about Hotel de Luna. Yeah, you can also tweet at us if you have something short to say. We are at PlayOnK on Twitter. Yeah, we have another newer place that you can engage with us that uh, we're going to start trying to get going. We have a Discord channel where we want to just start chatting about K-dramas, hanging All out. All the time. Doing some, maybe like, I have like this weird future dream of doing like a live watch through with some people. Oh, that'd be so fun. That would be so fun. Um... So yeah, I think it would be really, really cool to do something like that. I think you can just find us as Play on K on Discord, is that right? I don't know. I think you have to go through the Patreon to get to our Discord. Oh yeah, so uh, if you go through Patreon, uh, that is something we do for our donors, because uh, we're really excited to just talk to you guys and hang out. And create a moderated community where we know that people actually really want to be part of the the k-drama community yeah um what's up up? we have a website playonk.com and there you can comment directly on the episodes let us know what you think and sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new drama yeah and if you're looking for the link to our patreon you should be able to find it there right it's on there it's on the bottom tight but then we're on itunes yes you can rate review and subscribe there we would be unbelievably grateful and um if you give us like a little five star review we'll shout you out because we love you we would appreciate it so much thank you as always to james hevel for our theme song thanks james we love it and we love you and we love you all for listening we'll see you next week with the bonus episode of hotel de luna okay bye okay bye